0: Hello and welcome to Files Radio. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you so much for joining us today. Today we have Talyn Edelson. Actress, stunt actress, stunt performer. We're going to talk to her about a little bit about her life and her career. Starting off in Tennessee. Coming out to L.A. She's quite the martial artist. She, she did a lot of work over there, getting herself ready. I love watching her, her stunt and, and uh, acrobatic work on Instagram and on Facebook. It's quite the joy. How was your Easter? Now, you know I don't like to, you know, time spot our shows because I like them to be individual, but I don't think it really matters during this quarantine. I think a lot of us forget that it's Monday or Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. It's just a day. So how was your Sunday, your Passover or your your Easter? Did you have a good time? I miss stealing food from my family. You know, when you go to your family's house, you're reluctant to go, but you go anyways, and then you eat everything that's on the table. I miss that. I want that back. you watching any good shows? I've been watching Community. I love that show. I watched the entire show from beginning to end when it when it went live years ago. But now that it's on Netflix, I can't help but just watch it over again. It just reminds me of how much I love it. And what's interesting is to watch the Russo brothers direct so many in- interesting episodes and to see them just take over the Marvel Universe. So they went from Community... To the Marvel Universe and just took over the world. It's very interesting. See, so we've got Kalen on there right now. Let's, let's bring her in. Kalen, are you there?
1: Hi, Steve. How are you?
0: Good. How about you? I'm
1: not. Well. I'm well, Everybody I needs actually, a. Um, Talon, like an eagle
2: claw.
0: It's, so it's Talon. People... Yes, yes. Okay. <laughs> Talon is Talon is is a kind of a rare name. Where did you get that name from? Or I know you got it from your family, but where does that specifically come from?
1: Well honestly, I don't tell many people this. I've gone by Talon since oh early high school. I think actually like two thousand four or five. But um right. It's a martial arts nickname because I was adopted and I sought out my biological family as well. And I just was, you know, a teenager who wanted to kind of pick her own name. So I went with my martial <laughs> arts nickname so I didn't feel like I was picking sides.
0: That makes total sense.
1: <laughs> now,
0: now you're not an L.A. girl. You You come from Tennessee.
1: Well, I was born in Tennessee, but I spent a lot of my lifetime being raised in Oklahoma on a ranch,
0: actually. Oh. Really, Oklahoma is incredibly beautiful, uh, and they don't have ac- accents in Oklahoma. Uh, not that I not that I could remember. How was it like being you know growing up in Oklahoma?
1: Oh man, I was actually pretty lucky. We I had a ranch that I was raised on, so it was like um, a little world of imagination. I had some. Good life lessons there from puppies that often got eaten by coyotes, and Jeez. getting to run around in this little ravine, um, yeah. and kind of yeah. have a little hiking club. And uh, my dad taught me how to garden. I had some horses I got to ride around on. It was it was nice having the freedom, although I That's didn't nice. appreciate it as a kid as much as I do now. So. <laughs>
0: I don't think anybody would do that. I think really it takes age to look back and kind of go, I really had it easy or I had it nice. That's true. I
1: love and respect
2: my parents more and more each
0: year. <laughs> <laughs> were, were you always a physical person? Because, you know, you, you did a lot in your life to be, you know, like cheerleader, martial arts, all you know, weapons, all these things. Were you always a physical person? Like, like when you were young? Yeah.
1: You know, um, I didn't even really know what stunts was until I was a young teen, but it was always my dream to do acting and fighting together. I started doing theater uh, when I was very, very young, and then I got my black belt with my dad, who put me in martial arts when I just turned seven. So, Nice. Uh, I always wanted to combine those two, and when I found out what stunts were, I just kind of in love, put it on my class ring. I had like drama masks on one side and a martial right. artist on the other. And I was like, I have to do this. This is both things I love in one.
0: <laughs> <laughs> so were you one of those families that, that you know, daughter and, and father got their black belts together?
1: Yeah, my sister and mom actually did some taekwondo with us as well.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: But
1: they didn't, they stopped early. They didn't enjoy it as much and didn't get to black belt. And then my dad got the first degree in our style of Taekwondo. So, of course, I had to up in one and get my second degree.
0: <laughs> <laughs> what, was it, what was it about Taekwondo that, that you really enjoyed? There's so many different styles. And I can't imagine there being a litany of martial arts schools. I, mean, I don't know how big your town was. But I can't imagine there being a <laughs> litany of styles being out there. Why was, what, what, what was it about Taekwondo that, that drew you to it?
1: Honestly, I didn't get the pick. I was young and my dad just. Stuck me in it. I didn't really have a choice. Right. So. <laughs> uh, I actually hated that first because I was being forced, you know, like my right. piano lessons and all that fun stuff. But um, I, I think Taekwondo was the only martial art we had available in our town. I was in right. a tiny town like Atoka, Oklahoma, for a long time, and yeah. uh, we had like one dance school, one martial arts place,
2: <laughs> one Chinese <tiny> restaurant. <laughs> <that. laughs> <laughs> I'm just,
0: that must have been the greatest chinese food on the planet earth. <laughs> you <laughs> had one. <laughs> <laughs>
2: well
0: that's great, you know, and then you you went towards that. Did they they taught weapons as well in that, in that one dojo?
1: They did. Um luckily my the, the owner of my taekwondo school had a few other locations as well in A few Mm. places that were larger in Oklahoma. So I started an ATA, which is a style of taekwondo that was American. I know the style. Yeah. Oh, yeah. That's cool. Um, And I think they actually merged with, um, what is, oh, XMA a few years ago, didn't they?
0: Yeah, they have a couple schools in Colorado as well. Cool. Yeah.
1: I've actually seen they've had some around Los Angeles, but I haven't had the opportunity to check them out yet. I I love the
2: style.
0: Yeah, I, I haven't um, seen any of them in Los <laughs> Angeles. I mean, it, it's a huge uh, – I mean, there's a gigantic amount of schools in Los Angeles. But it, being in Oklahoma, I can't imagine there's a, there's a lot of competition at all.
2: Yeah. <laughs> well, I
1: used to travel <laughs> for competitions for fighting and weaponry. So
0: that yeah.
1: was kind of fun. My dad and I would go and travel to surrounding states. And the, the nationals were in Little Rock, Arkansas, which wasn't terribly far. Right. We did little family vacations. Um, and my sister, I think, got to red black belt.
0: And yeah. Like junior black belt. So she
1: was with me for a long time. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: Um,
1: and so that was that was really enjoyable.
0: And you also went into sparring. I mean, how, how was that like? Because that's that's brutal.
1: I love sparring. That was my favorite. <laughs> um. Oh man, I used to spar all the time. I loved Taekwondo. It was my favorite thing in the world. So I always wanted to be there. Uh. I was teaching kids classes for a while, and then I taught some classes uh, at a school in Antlers, Oklahoma, which is a nearby place. This woman, Norma Williams, ran, and she right. had a class uh I mean, kids with Down syndrome, and that was really fun. Oh,
0: so you you, you taught over there with special ed children?
1: Some, yeah, yeah.
0: That's nice. That's nice. So you you went from martial arts, weaponry, sparring to cheerleading now I'd imagine they're the most brutal people on the planet earth. (laughs) You don't, you, you think that sparring would be like, you know, these people are violent and they'd come right at you, but I would imagine cheerleading would be the most violent space in the world.
1: I honestly don't know my, how my parents got me to all these activities because when I was a cheerleader, uh, I was actually head cheerleader for JV, but I was in fifth grade. I became, I guess the youngest cheerleader, um that the school system had ever had they allowed fifth graders to try out but I guess they never had one on the squad so I got to be on the squad in fifth grade and they were so mean to me my first year because I was like the youngest one but um (laughs) I I did cheerleading and I played on the basketball team at the same time so I remember I would play basketball for the girls games and then i would go put my cheer uniform on and cheer for the boys games right afterwards so that was always really fun so you're crazy (laughs) i did choir too and i got to sing the national anthem at some of the basketball games too so i was like changing three times in a few
2: hours right
0: wow so you're you're used to the old you know uh uh, shift change the whole dress change you should be on saturday night live or some kind of broadway show where you have to change your outfit 15 times during the entire episode
1: yeah that was the first or one of the first theatrical productions i was ever in when i was younger was give my regards to broadway <laughs>
0: <laughs> i guess you were used to changing your outfit so many times it must have helped out a great deal
2: <laughs> oh my goodness great memories so,
0: you're right. I, I I don't know how your family got you out to all these things, because right after that, you went off to dancing. And now what I'm amazed by is that you went into clogging as well as jazz and what have you.
1: No, <laughs> that's so funny. I tried doing different styles. I I loved my ballet class, but I was terrible at ballet. I was bad, but I was so happy in my clogging class because I would never get complimented in ballet, but in clogging, they would always be like, great job, high knees, high knees, and I would do a good job with the (laughs) high knees, so I was like, yeah, this is my thing, but martial arts is what helps with that, so.
0: (laughs) Yeah, well, ballet, you're not going to get any thank yous or any, you're doing a great job at all. That's a, it's, it's a pretty vicious uh, circle.
2: Oh, yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Not as vicious as cheerleading was, but, man, I just have to kind of be controversial. I remember when I was head cheerleader I actually dressed in gothic clothes from Hot Topic just to uh, <laughs> <laughs> just to be that person and break societal norms, you know. Wow. <laughs> I wanted everyone to feel good and be accepted.
2: An there's, a, there's, always,
0: there's always one in the group, right?
2: <laughs> <laughs> that was you. Yeah. That was me. <laughs>
0: Now, did you go by Talon when you when you were a cheerleader as well?
2: No, I
1: swapped schools right after ninth grade. And we moved yes. to uh, a larger place in Oklahoma and away right. from all of the ranch land. So I actually stopped cheerleading um, then before we moved. Right. And I don't know why I'm thinking about cheer so much.
0: <laughs> <laughs> but it's just us. Well, let me ask you a question. You know, when did you, when did you start looking for your birth parents? W- were you older? Were you younger?
1: Oh, man. So whatever my parents did with my adoption was really cool because I don't ever remember not knowing that I was adopted. It was never any negative thing or a weird surprise. Um, right. My sister actually was adopted from a different family as well. And so I was raised with. And when I was 13... I watched Harriet the Spy, that movie on television, and I loved it. And I grabbed a notebook, and I was like, I'm going to write down everything and find all the secrets that I can. So one day my mom went to the grocery, and I snuck into her office.
2: Oh, wow. <laughs> and I was going
1: through her with her files. I wasn't even looking for my adoption stuff. I was honestly just being a nosy kid. And I had no intention other than, like, what are well, the secrets in here? And I found a folder that literally said adoption on it.
0: <laughs> wow.
1: Like, thing? <laughs> That's
0: like a movie moment.
1: <laughs> it, was, it was really fun for me. I, I'd, like, become Harriet the Spy
2: in my world, right? like, this is it. <laughs> this is it. Well, it, yeah.
0: is, it is your life, so... <laughs> <laughs>
1: so fun and literally I opened it and like on the spot I called the number that was listed for my biological uh mom and it ended up
0: out of here
1: no I literally just immediately was like oh well logically I should call my um grandmother who's listed on here and ask for my mom's phone number so I did that and then I called her and said hi I'm your daughter let's be friends
0: (laughs) how old were you
1: I I was 13
0: Wow, you're a gutsy 13-year-old.
2: <laughs>
0: wow. So how how did that turn out for you?
1: It turned out really well. Um I'm very grateful that I was able to learn about where it came from. I was actually right. apparently from a one-night stand on junior prom when they were like 15 <laughs> and 16. So That makes sense. Did not think I would get that information. <laughs> <laughs> Really.
0: <laughs> wow, it seems like it runs in the family. Oh
1: my goodness.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: oh, that was that was interesting, and I met my yeah. I couldn't find my biological dad until I was twenty one, yeah. but I was in contact oh. with my biological mom. Um, nice. She ended up living in Dallas at the time, and right. we met at an Olive Garden or something, and right. that was yeah, that was that.
0: How did how did your mom feel about you know you coming in grabbing her stuff? calling up your mom, grandma and then contacting your mom as well.
1: Oh man. She was so unhappy with me. She felt super violated and was like, definitely distraught about the whole thing. I think I feel bad because I was always just a curious kid. Like my mom has a lot of really great things about her and I really respect her. And it was quite a shame that, you know, me just being curious had such a negative effect. I think she felt like I was trying to replace her for a while um, right, which is just not the case. I'm just nosy. <laughs> right,
0: right. <laughs> yeah. And adventure—you're very adventurous as well. It, it doesn't seem like you really hold yourself back from from reaching out and and being um, harmed in any way. Seems like you're just more than willing to put yourself out there. Oh, I love adventure. That's true. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, we're going to jump subjects because you went off you know, from clogging and doing jazz to doing parkour and, and, uh, and a lot of, a lot of other things that were incredibly physical as well. Yeah. Rock climbing. I mean, you know, that's, that's pretty incredible. That's, I mean, you're, you're really putting yourself out there. How, how, how were those experiences and how did, how do they affect you?
1: Oh man, I just always wanted to be doing something. Um, I love moving and movement and I, especially because I was in so many different activities when I was younger. I just wanted to keep active as much as possible. So even in college, when I was at Oklahoma State, I learned rock climbing freshman year, uh, which I loved, and I still do to this day. Um, So I've been climbing for a long time. And then I uh, also did some Krav Maga in college. We had the best rec center. They have this massive – I think at the time it was the largest one in the country – And it was called the Colvin and they had this giant rock wall and like a massive bouldering cave and like a huge gym. And they had really fun classes like Krav and they had some other like MMA style classes that I took on occasion. Um, So, and we also had a wakeboarding team and a sailing team. So I did collegiate sailboat racing and wakeboarding. Our team was actually number one nationally in wakeboarding for a while. Um, Oh, we had some really talented people. I think that one of them, one of the guys, this guy, Jordan Wisely, was on the team killing it. And he actually lives in L.A. and does acting. Very talented. Um, so it's funny that that some of the Oklahomies have, like, come out here and found happiness and success for themselves, too. It's pretty satisfying to see.
0: You know, I find that amazing that you had all these activities that didn't really pertain to the state you're in.
1: Yeah that happen i just love water i love the ocean like my favorite memory in the world is just being in the ocean and floating like with my eyelids right below the water and the sun just
0: like
1: soaking into my skin so um nice i was that was my ocean time
0: sound like you were an la girl from the from the very beginning
1: (laughs) (laughs) i love los angeles i actually was going on a family trip to australia uh when i was 15 my dad yeah. uh, was an entomologist and did toxicology and plant pathology. And uh, he and his best friend who were scientists together had this entomological convention or some work trip in Australia. So um, my parents' best friends had kids that were the age of like myself and my little sister. And she right. was my best friend at the time. Right. So, and uh, we all went to Australia for the summer together And just did a fun family vacation, and we stopped in Los Angeles on the way over. It was the first time I'd ever been here. And, of course, we went to the Walk of Fame, and um, I saw Marilyn Monroe's handprint. I put my hand in there. I was like, oh, my God, it's the same size. Like, obviously, this
2: is meant to be. I'm going (laughs) to move
1: to Los Angeles and be a star as soon as I can Um, when I was a kid. So that was hilarious. But I did end up moving to Los
2: Angeles. Soon as I guess I'm like well, first
0: you went to Oklahoma U, right? I mean, first you went to Oklahoma University. How how was that? How was your college experience? Was it nice? Um, I love
1: getting my acting degree,
2: but <laughs> <laughs> I listen like to
0: I you. That's that's lovely. when you just stay quiet. Is is when I ask you about your college? <laughs>
1: The school itself was amazing. I just had a really hard time sitting still for the gen eds. Um, I was kind of lazy, I think, when it came to classwork. Um, oh, man. I, I, I scored really highly on, like, my English and writing. Right. And I didn't even take, like, freshman or comp one or comp two until the last semester of my senior year right before I was about to graduate, which was so irresponsible. But um, right. I, I just knew I would. out of it so I just never bothered Um, but that's kind of how I treated my regular classes I just wanted the adventure constantly and like I still got everything done I made great grades for the most part Um, but and I clipped out of like college math at the beginning I remember as a high school senior I was taking like 3000 level theater classes at the university concurrently uh, because I just I wanted to be in the business I was like in this huge rush to move to Los Angeles the whole time right and I actually took so, a break from college to you did? take, like, a year, year and a half off, and I moved out here a little early before I graduated and ended up going back to finish my degrees and, like, re-strategize and add a graphic and motion right. design degree so I could not have to, you know, be a waitress and have a little more freedom with my schedule because I was having this problem having shift work and not being able to take advantage of opportunities out here that were extended to me without losing jobs.
0: Right. You said your father was a scientist?
1: Yeah, my dad that raised me. He was amazing.
0: Wow. And then he took you, and then he took you off to uh, train Taekwondo. What did your mom do?
1: Um, she had a lot of random jobs. I think that one of her favorites was working at the courthouse um, for one of our other family friends who's a judge and an amazing artist, honestly. Um, right. He painted this really cool mural on my wall have a wolf standing on top of a carcass. <laughs> <I> like, it <how> was <laughs> <I'm living. laughs> my favorite picture from this dangerous predator animal book that national geographic put out or something. Nice. Um, yeah. But I think it sounds, he had, he, sounds like he had a really
0: nice day. upbringing. Yeah.
1: I'm really grateful. I'm really grateful. unfortunately, Um, we had a different communication style, so my little sister, and my parents have always been best friends, but it was really hard for me to like, to, to communicate with my family effectively. So that was always kind of a struggle.
0: Well, what was it like when you were saying like, I'm going to move to LA? What was their response to that?
1: Oh, I don't, I don't think they really believed me. I don't. Point, I thought just passed it <laughs> off as a joke, like oh, this dramatic cancer. Sure.
0: Right, right. But you did move out here.
2: I did. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Was Was there like you know keep it going, or, or uh, was there any doubt in their minds of what you can not achieve?
1: Yeah, you know, honestly, I never had the emotional support. Like, I think they're still very uncomfortable with the fact that I'm here, um, because they're very they're kind of liberal but it's funny because they're conservative in like the mindset of you should just get a desk job and have like a right. five and like they're just scared that um that I won't be able to support myself in my lifetime doing what I love so there's that fear um, right and you know which is totally normal and they just want the best for me so but yeah right. I I <laughs> I'm still acclimating then to the fact that I'm not leaving. <laughs> right.
0: yeah, I don't I don't think you're going to leave. Once, you're, once people move to LA, I mean, that's pretty much where they stay.
1: Yeah, I love them very much and they're wonderful, but I love this place too. <laughs> yeah.
0: So the, did you want to come out here and be a stunt performer or did you want to come out here and be an actor or a combination of both?
1: Oh, I've always wanted to do stunt performing, and I do love acting, but I have this passion for movement. I just find such genuine joy, and I get lost right. in this beautiful place when I get to do creativity through movement. So right. um, since it gives me such peace inside, I am drawn to that first, but um, I love and appreciate acting, too, and, you know, it's always nice to have a fun balance.
0: Sure, I, I love watching the videos of you doing wire work and what have you. Did you did you get started doing that immediately, or did that take a little while for you to start getting into into the groove of, of doing stunt work at at a studio and and training these kind of things?
1: Yeah, you know, it's funny because um, I didn't really know anything about stunts uh, as I stated earlier for a while, but. The first thing that I heard about was this United Stuntmen's Association school in yep. Seattle, and so someone said, "Well, why don't you start there and try that?" So I did, right. and um, I didn't even know what wire work was until then. So I just did like a few basic intro like courses there, and right. once I learned these things were, I was like, "Okay, well, how can I?" Um, be exposed to more of this and, and find different options and train with different people to um, get a, a broader understanding of what this is and what this means. But I enjoyed wire work and like ratchets um, and the air ram and all of the stunt things. So when I moved to Los Angeles, I did uh, seek that out. It took me a lot longer to play and do wire work because I love fighting so much. Like martial arts is my yeah. favorite thing in the world. Yeah. So, um, I did train some wire work with Tim Storms, and um, but very briefly. I mean, I think I only went one time, but he is mm-hmm. so wonderful. Um, yeah. But as I said, I've been focused on, on a lot of fighting. <laughs> <laughs> and then, <laughs> a, a bit is, is that your major done.
0: focus right now? Is, is a lot of fight work and stuff like that?
1: Yeah, right now, I'm, I rotate a lot between different styles of fighting. And right now, I'm learning jujitsu um, at street sports in Santa Monica. Nice. Oh, they have the best coaches. They're so great. Um, I know them. The That's guys.
0: Oh, yeah. oh, I know them. They're very close to me. They're very nice guys. Oh,
1: Cool. Yeah. They are yeah. so fantastic. I really, really adore their teaching style.
0: Yeah. Do you, do you like the teaching styles of Los Angeles compared to, compared to Tennessee or, or do you find it be acceptable? Like comparatively speaking.
1: The teaching styles of, of martial artists?
0: Yes, of martial artists. Because L.A. is a different kind of communication venue than Tennessee. Do you find it to be the same, or do you find it to be a little different?
1: Oh, man. I mean, I <laughs> when I did Taekwondo in Oklahoma, my instructor, Mark Hale, amazing guy. Uh, unfortunately, right. he actually passed away from cancer a couple years ago. But oh, he sorry. motivated me and instilled my love for martial arts. So, uh, but he was very old school. Like he had this, his bamboo stick, and he would literally just smack me in the shins, it, or like mm. smack at my head or something to make sure
2: I keep my. I'm a huge up.
0: fan of that, by the way. I'm a huge fan of that. <laughs>
2: it, it works, you know.
0: Yeah, <laughs> I've I've been teaching martial arts for thirty years. I've had my own dojo for over twenty years. I'm I'm a huge fan of the bamboo stick.
1: Yeah, I. Am you honestly and like knuckle push ups, I didn't know there was a regular push up until I <laughs> I'm serious. Even as a little I know kid,
2: you're serious.
1: It was like <laughs> knuckle push ups, you know that you're getting better at them. If there's less skin on right. top of your knuckle, do it on right. concrete right. in this armory. Like <laughs> so coming to Los Angeles has been easier. <laughs>
0: Yeah. (laughs) Well, you know, a a lot of people out here are like pianists, you know, they're violinists, they're, 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 they work in the stunt industry. I mean, so you have to kind of take care of people's hands and and faces and what have you out here. I don't think there's, there's that necessity out in Oklahoma, necessarily. But out here, we have to take care of professionals and what have you. So that's, I I think people kind of take care of it. and, And they're a little more careful.
1: Yeah, it's sweet. Um, and the people in Oklahoma are really sweet too. Um, but I definitely grew up in like a walk it off mentality, Uh, um, from my dad and my instructors. It was always like, oh, if you're still hurting in three days, then we can address it. But like, walk it off. You're fine.
0: (laughs) (laughs) If you're still hurting in three days. That's hilarious. I love, I love that world. So you, you did a couple of, you you started off in acting before you did any sound work. At least, at least that's what your your IMDb would say. And uh, your first movie would be Hot Girls on the Beach. Oh at least God. that's that's your first labeled work, right? Uh, yeah, that was so funny. How how was that experience like? And, and how do you get into that film knowing that the title is called Hot Girls on the Beach? Was it was it called Hot Girls on the Beach, or was it called like The Beach before before it was ever produced and what have you?
1: Oh Lord, um I think it was always called. No, actually, the working title was originally Sorority
2: Beach Volleyball.
0: See, that's what I'm saying. Thank you. That's what I'm saying. There's no way they would have called it Hot Girls on the Beach right away.
2: No, I saw it on
1: IMDb. I was like, oh, okay, why is this even on here? But um it was it was an interesting experience. It was a lot of different random models that were just playing volleyball and um having this silly dialogue. So
0: right, right. Yeah. Did you did but you have I a good like, time?
1: I'm so You know, I just moved to Los Angeles, and I was like, yeah, I get to do a film and play beach volleyball, <laughs> and they're paying me <laughs> for it. That's great. I'm down. <laughs>
0: And they fed you. They most likely fed you as well.
1: Yeah, some food. And the girls there, I, honestly, were so fun. So yeah. fun. I still see... I mean, we're like social media friends, and like some of them are still doing acting and doing a great job at it. So I love to see that.
0: I, I, lo- I love filmmaking. I mean, there, there's there's a lot of things about it that are just amazing. Even, even the bottom of the barrel productions, you can always find <laughs> something positive about it. As long as the people there are nice. If the people aren't there, that aren't nice, then it's it pretty much goes down the tubes.
1: That's so true, man. I love independent filmmaking. I have so much respect for independent films, and I always think it's such a pleasure, even though they tend to have lower budgets. But they're like my favorite things to work on because right. you really get the, the passionate producers and directors who have right. like new and interesting content, and they're so um, excited about bringing their thing to life. And right, I love seeing that person be invigorated and like excited about what they're making and yeah and it's not you know just being made for business or for the business so and right. it's really happy i'm so grateful to work on indie film
0: i love them as well you, you you moved up pretty fast because right after that you worked on mad Men.
1: oh well for that i was just um I was like a featured Rolling Stones groupie in like the 60 early it was like um they put me in this like hippie wedding dress. Right. <laughs> but um that was so funny. Uh that was one of my favorite experiences because uh it helped boost my self confidence a lot. I had yeah. some really fun times there. They um they sent me back to wardrobe three different times to make me dirtier, like uglier, <laughs> because <laughs> I don't know why they didn't take me out of the shot. But apparently, um, they said that I was taking attention away from camera uh, from some of the the leads that they had on. And so because you were too uh, pretty. Well, I don't know about I'm not saying I'm like pretty or anything, but like just um, they they said that I just was distracting. Um, um,
0: Ooh, that's like nice. That. To, that's nice to hear, isn't it? You're too distracting. Yeah. We need to, we need to ugly you up a little bit.
1: <laughs> well, I just, I was like just sitting there all quiet and like trying to mind my own business and they just kept sending me back to wardrobe. I was like, I don't know I thought i was just taking me out of this. But like, <laughs> they literally put dirt on my face and then gave me glasses and then like put fake sweat on me and put stuff in my, like dirt in my hair.
0: Or <laughs> well, they just put a sack over your head. This. I know, right?
1: But that was so exciting. That was so fun. And I remember John Ham just being such a respectful sweetheart. It was so fun to work around yeah. him because between takes, he would just like interact with me and be just so kind and respectful. He really just gave attention to like everyone on set. And really, was such a pleasure. Such a pleasure. John
0: John Ham is a John Ham is a dream. He's he's a, he's a, a dream boat. Yeah. That, you nice know, you know, and
1: it's so rare to find someone that's like so present with everybody and like respectful yeah. of everyone in their set. That was so cool to see.
0: Well, like you know, the interesting thing is things, cool. he, he always kind of plays a sexist, like a misogynist, but he's like the least misogynist and sexist person in Hollywood. I mean, if you look at Tina yeah, Fey, yeah. they, they constantly work together. You know, he constantly works with a, like, a, you know, Ellie Kemper. He constantly works with a lot of really great females that write their own stuff, that produce their own stuff. He's an, he's an amazing actor. He's an amazing human being.
2: Cool. Yeah.
1: I often wonder, I think that he's one of the the guys that got a later start in acting, right? Like, didn't he get his breakout
0: yeah.
2: role when he was like 40 or something?
0: Yeah, exactly. Now, Mad Men was one of those shows that I couldn't watch because it gave me an anxiety attack. Every time I would see the way the guys would treat the women, I mean, I would literally start to freak out. I'm like, oh my God, I can't take this. So it was the one show that I I sincerely just couldn't watch.
1: I'm so happy that that's not the case in real life, though, and that he was so sweet to everyone. Oh yeah, that
0: He's, that's that's it's nice. That's a nice story to tell. So you worked on Olympus Has Fallen as, as well. Did you did you do background stunt work or or background uh, just um background work on that one?
1: You know, I was actually Rod Mitchell's stand-in. Um, so and I did some background work as a CIA. Uh, member, or, nice. or secret service, I guess, um, sure. after I finished the stand-in work. They let me come in for a few more days on that uh, for some fun scenes. So that was really neat. I really loved that cast, uh, to be yeah. honest. And I had such a fun time working with Gerard uh, Butler. He doesn't like being called Gerard. Yeah. It was funny. He was
2: like, Gerard.
1: <laughs> he didn't? Um, I got I got really lucky. We did an elevator scene, and I got to be in the elevator with him. Um literally just in charge of like timing and pressing the button on the elevator. But between scenes it was just like he and I in the elevator.
2: (laughs) We'd be like staring (laughs) forward.
1: He told me this story. He said, Um, you know, my grandfather and I use elevator time. So he would make me look forward and be quiet for like one minute practicing elevator time with him. And I thought it was so funny. That, it, it's true that people usually just stand there and like look forward and don't really talk to each other in elevators
0: right <laughs> but he was, no.
1: he was funny he was also a well,
0: what, what was and, the name that that he wanted to be called
1: oh uh, i think well gerard you know he said it in an accent but i don't <laughs> <laughs> not like the american gerard right
2: right you know? but yeah
1: i don't know that was really fun Rada was so sweet too working around rada mitchell was awesome yeah, um, and that was just quite a pleasure seeing that production come together.
0: Nice. So, how did you how did you jump from this and go into College Humor? I mean, that's that's a really great show. It's a really it's a really great channel. Everybody loves it to death. How how did you get into that? How did you get into that work?
1: I have no idea. I don't really? really? Know how I got that gig? I don't even know if I saw it. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, I guess so, <laughs> if you can remember it.
1: Yeah, but, um, yeah, you know, so many projects that you do out here, titles or um, take years to come out. So sometimes right. you just forget or <laughs> they don't, con- you know, it's rare that someone would like contact you and say, this project is finished. check it out. So I guess. Right. Um, yeah, I don't really remember
0: yeah college humor is 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 a huge huge channel it's a it's really kind of a stepping stone for a lot of actors to get get into the big leagues and what have you so um there's a lot of big big people who produce those shows
2: cool so what
1: remember, Go ahead. I'm so lucky in the sense that I haven't been on a set where I was treated poorly like i just I'm so grateful that I've really enjoyed all the different perspectives of the people that I've worked around and worked with. And um, and I, I hear all these horror stories, but I honestly haven't really had to deal with that. Right. So I guess I'm just very fortunate in that sense. Um, yeah. That I haven't been sucked into, like, any catastrophes like you hear about.
0: Well, I, I talk to actors sometimes. They'll, they'll have a... Um you know, a resume that goes on to 50 shows and they'll only have one bad experience out of those 50 shows. And I find that, awesome. you know, I find that incredible. First of all, their, their attitude is usually the, the breaking point for that. So their attitude is usually very nice and kind and, and they don't really take a lot of guff, but I, I think it's kind of luck on, on the other hand. I think people are just happy to work. I'll be honest with you. Agreed. Agreed.
1: And yeah. yeah, it's so refreshing to hear that because you do hear a lot of negative stereotypes that I just don't find to be true. So One
0: yeah.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. Well, you know, I've worked, I, I've worked in Hollywood since I was 17 years old and I, I've only had a couple of bad experiences, but I worked in the production perspective for a very long time and production perspectives can sometimes be rough because people have a sense of I'm in control and I have the money and and, uh, and these kind of things. But as far as the actors go and directors and producers go, I, I've only seen seen and felt real kind people, really nice people.
1: Wonderful. Wow, you have been, you do a lot of things. It seems like you do everything. What did you do in production? Because you've also, I, I've been some of your other episodes.
2: Oh, well, you did?
1: Lovely people like Angela Lynn. I just adore her. Um, oh, yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know so much about so many different elements of the
0: industry as well yeah, yeah I worked locations when I was 17 years old and there there was no YouTube so I had to kind of guess what my job was so I I did location managing until 17 I think till I was uh, 26 years old and then um, then I went in straight into producing producing executive producing I'm a writer by trade so I, I wrote really okay. young and I did plays and then wrote movies and then just went, ran from there. So I really enjoyed that. Cool. So did you really enjoy your, your, your acting process? I mean, there's a couple other projects you have on there from your acting and what have you, did you enjoy your, your acting and, and what have you? Um,
1: yeah. It's funny that I'm always like scared to say that because I love stunts so much. Um, right. And you always hear about, uh, people potentially not hiring you for stunts, not taking you seriously in stunts if they think that your focus is acting, or if you claim to be an actress and a stunt performer, they're, they're like less serious about you as a stunt performer. I don't right. Um, honestly, I don't care so much about what people think of me, which feels fantastic.
2: <laughs> but, um,
1: yeah, I really, I do love acting. I've had a lot of fun on the, the acting jobs that I've gotten to do.
0: Nice. Well, let's go. Let's go straight into your into your stunt work because you, you started off at the the Geeky Awards. Now I don't know what kind of stunt work they need at the Geeky Awards, but what did you what did you do exactly for that?
1: So they were filming it um, and putting it on the Sci-Fi Channel. That was a um, so I guess originally I got sucked into that because I was doing a Stan Lee event called Kamikaze. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I was. Cosplay. i've been to kamikaze
0: several times
1: cool yeah yeah i I, kinda, I haven't thought about this in so long um but i did just see a throwback picture of my emma frost cosplay on that night that's so funny um so i was Emma frost and we did a, a an entry fight in this this old place where they hosted it that was called whimsic alley that was like a, a harry potter building um okay. on wilshire and in the great dining hall we had this Fight we filmed, or the sci-fi films for the kamikaze guests, and then I guess after that they brought me in um, with that team to work in the geeky awards. And
0: nice. Um, so this is, that, Lee, this is back when Stanley. This is back when Stanley was alive, and and you did Emma Frost on that one. Who who's Emma Frost fighting?
1: Who was I fighting? It was it was my old friend Hunter. Okay. I cannot, for the life of me, remember which is character <laughs> was just
0: talking about
2: getting to fight. <laughs> <laughs> oh, he's Iron Man.
0: Now, how did you, how did you, how did you get a gig for for Kamikaze? I mean, that's a big deal. I mean, for us nerds, uh, Kamikaze w- was was really a huge deal for us.
1: So it's funny because this this group who did a lot of like historical combat and acting and theater and fighting and like some stunts moved to Los Angeles from New York and were just trying to open their own business here so I helped them um, get a location for a school that they were opening up to teach combat um, and it was called Iron Shield Arms and now a lot of them have gone in different ways pursuing different dreams and I don't even think that same group is still together but I do know that one of the people um, still teaches some combat in uh, this studio called Funko Studios in downtown Los Angeles, I guess it's New okay. Chinatown, but it's yeah. turned into this um, production studio where different businesses um, kind of work together to create different productions for people. You can hire them like as a unit or separately. I mean, they have this there's this beautiful corsetry place that does amazing costuming there as well. And like Fonco studios does amazing um, production work for different people that have ideas but don't really have like a space um, to execute them. They do uh, rentals and then you can still learn the combat with this guy, Steve Hoff. And they've also started doing motion capture there. Um, Uh Great guy, James Croak is helping out with this anointing motion capture tact that they're working with so I mean yeah that's cool they're all over the place they have this massive space tons of fun weapons um, nice. but yeah that team brought me on and we were all just kind of new to LA and soaking up the scene and I'm not sure what their connection was with that or how we really got that job but I was training with them and just doing a lot of weaponry and they brought us in
0: and you went into the Kiki Awards and did you did you simulate the same thing you did on uh, at Kamikaze um,
1: um, no, they had me be the bride from Kill Bill. And like so I got to do a katana nice. fight for the first time, which was awesome. That is awesome. Um, and I guess Seth Green presented it. Oh, Lord. I was standing <laughs> next to him. And I, this, I was so young. I was so green, so fresh. Yeah. And um, I just, you know, was like, Talking, I just talked to people <laughs> just like anybody, like I would to right. anyone else. Sure. And I remember walking up and like playfully threatening him with my katana and he just looked at me <laughs> like he was like I was just the craziest person in the world and like literally turned around, didn't say anything, got wide eyed and walked away and I was like, Oh <laughs> guess I was wrong about him thinking that would be funny
2: <laughs> <So> <laughs> I'm like, oh, your weapons
0: well you're i mean considering his height i mean you're you're five foot seven you're towering over him
1: oh my goodness i don't remember i remember i was just being silly and like trying to make friends and he was not into it at the time but you know to be fair he did a—I mean he did a great job i love his performances he seems like a cool dude <laughs> i'm sure he's probably just taken aback that some random girl walked up and was like let's fight
0: <laughs> well, I I talked to a stunt uh, coordinator just the other day and we were talking about how without stunt performers, you really wouldn't have a TV show because every show needs a stunt person. Every every it needs a stunt coordinator. It needs that kind of thing inside of there. So you worked on bones. And you oh yeah, and you Natalie did
1: me yeah. in for that. She is so cool. She actually just yeah. came out with a really impressive new stunt reel um but really? man talk about she is yes. so sweet so supportive yeah. of other women so kind i haven't seen her in years but like i still follow some of her work and i just respect her so much she handled everything so well on that day
0: who are we talking about
1: natalie tadilla okay Mhm.
0: nice and, and how was it like being on bones bones is a great show
1: I just did gymnastics the whole time. I didn't know anything about the episode or what was going on. Um, there were some really great girls there that were super sweet and kind and supportive. Like a lot of them were, you know, UCLA gymnasts and were like actually good at gymnastics. And I was just, um, you know, I never did gymnastics on that level or anything. So I was just grateful to be there hanging out with the girls and um, got to do some strength stuff on the parallel bars, I think. Um,
2: nice.
1: In the scene, but that was just like, She just brought some stunt people in, in the background to be gymnasts for that episode in the gymnastic school.
0: Right. You, you have a lot of, a lot of shows, a lot of independent work on your, on your resume and what have you. We talked a little bit before about how you love independent film. You like independent projects, the, a lot of the excitement, a lot of the passion people have for it. You really enjoy you moved on to car jumper and then and then mundane action <laughs> heroes and what have you did did you enjoy did you enjoy the process of doing independent work with these people
1: yeah yeah definitely um, yeah i had so much fun yeah. i don't remember a lot of it um,
0: have you had a I lot of concussions about- is that the reason why <laughs> <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, I have had a lot of concussions, not ever, okay. you know, knock on wood, I've never been hurt from stunts, um, right. but I, I did get T-boned by a woman in a van a few years ago.
0: Get out of here.
1: It was gnarly. I got a traumatic brain injury and I had to like hide from the stunt world for most of a year. And I, my, I still have some symptoms, but Yo. I'm so thankful. That I'm still right. able to do what I love and that I recovered because that was freaky. I lost so many memories and yeah. I yeah. couldn't even remember what kind of person I was. Like half my body was shutting down like a stroke patient. And when I get thought out about numbers, like certain things, I would get, yeah, I would get like nauseous and want to physically vomit. And I would be, you know, having symptoms of almost having a seizure. So I had to like lay in this dark room and recuperate for months. Um, I was not able to work or do much of anything. And I was in this awful, volatile, unstable state. So, man, I'm thankful that I overcame that.
0: I I had a a, a stunt actress on here very recently who had a very similar experience on a motorcycle. And she sincerely does not have a certain amount of memories. Uh, She Mm -hmm. can't remember certain projects. Uh, We can easily talk about it, but it almost feels like a faint memory for her and you can you can hear how troublesome it is to her and how it how it bothers her do, do you mm-hmm. feel the same way does it does it bother you as well to ha- have lost certain memories and not remember certain experiences
2: it
1: did it really did it was very hard for me for, for oh, like at least a year and a half maybe even longer to feel confident again because i was so two sad. years I didn't know who I was. I didn't know what kind of person that I was. And at first, I was really negative about it. At first, I was right. like, I don't remember much of anything. Like, I couldn't remember my childhood at all. All my apparently, I was in a relationship I had no recollection of.
2: I would Whoa. have people
1: that would walk up to me and talk to me about things, and I had it was scary that I didn't know what they were talking about. Right. And, um, yeah, but luckily, as my brain has healed and I've done some of the things that the neurologist was recommending, um, sure. I have had these beautiful floods of memories. And thankfully, my friends, um, my friends in Los Angeles were so cool about it um, that I slowly became comfortable with the idea. And I kind of, I just decided to be positive about the process. And I decided that well, this is, a, this is a cool opportunity. This is a neat opportunity right. to make myself, like, how I feel and, like, make sure that I'm aligned with the morals and values that are important to me now, today, in the right. present moment, and just build on that. So I was like, all right, well, wipe all the negative stuff. I'll just make this a beautiful, positive experience and, like, recreate myself as, like, what feels right in this moment and what I resonate with now. And so, Absolutely. honestly, I think was kind of a big blessing in disguise because... Um, it's funny. A lot of the memories that I have gotten back um, are things that I didn't like about myself, and I just don't resonate with that at all. So it was kind right. of cool, weird silver lining to have all these like new positive memories that I've built and like foundations that I've built, and then as some of the negative ones have come back, be like, oh well, thank God I don't resonate with that. Like, oh, I'm thankful right. that I'm you know here and able to do these things and and building this beautiful, positive lifestyle instead of allowing myself to be a victim. So that has been, oh, life changing to say the least. Well, I tell you, you, I, you are,
0: you are an incredible human being. You are incredible.
1: Oh, thanks for saying that. You are too. This is so cool. Um, yeah. I have to say though that Jacob Tambor, um has had some, some head injuries and he's actually a stunt performer who okay. I really admire because he, he's genuine and honest about the experiences he's been through, and he put on a really cool seminar a couple months ago, and okay. I hadn't told really, I hadn't told many people in the stunt industry at all about my traumatic brain injury, because I'd been so scared and so self-conscious, I was like, what if I never work again, you know, um, right. what if they hear that I had a TBI, and then say, well, why would I want her on set right. that had that injury, but... Right. I mean, I'm arguably stronger than I've than I've ever been, um, right. and because I, I had to take that time to rehab and rebuild. And right. Jacob Chambers, in his um, CTE awareness, uh, which is like a it's a condition that can develop like 10 to 15 years after having multiple concussions and TBIs, and he was doing an awareness um, lecture at Suns Unlimited in Oxford. Right. Uh And so, he had a panel of people up there, neurologists, doctors, uh, talking about their experiences. And, like, I was so surprised at how many amazing people were there listening as we were getting educated about this. So, it was really cool that Jacob came in and was, like, talking to the stunt community about um, preventative treatments for avoiding what can turn into CTE if you've had concussions through Mm stunts or other avenues and I just was so grateful to like have that weight be lifted off of me and like finally feel comfortable in a group of other people in my industry um, and and like get to share that experience and that story with like-minded people who have also dealt with that and overcome it.
0: Let me ask you a question. Why why is it that you felt or or feel like a a lot of negativity came you know, like the memories, some of the negative memories came back to you instead of a lot of positive. Did a lot of positive memories come back as well? Or, or did you have a little stint there where a lot of negative memories came back of the past and what have you?
1: I, that's funny. I wonder if I subconsciously spoke about the negative. Um, I, I've had a lot of positive memories come back as well, a thousand percent. Right,
0: um, right.
1: I, I guess I was surprised that there was, that a lot of negative memories came back because I don't mm. feel negative now. So I guess right. I guess that was shocking to me because I was like, "Oh, that's a surprise!" Like I have no recollection of that. <laughs> but if
2: it was something <laughs> right. happy, I was like, "Oh yeah, I'm so happy. Cool."
0: <laughs> right, right. And then these these negative memories come back, and then you have to you have to somewhat face them. But did you could you you could you relate to them at all at that point?
1: Not much, not much.
0: Yeah, yeah. Was it, was it the positive like memories it. that you related to like, the most?
1: Yeah, I don't feel like I have to spend spend time on the negative stuff, you know? Right, right. I'd rather just right. like, move forward and make positive memories and be a good influence on everyone that I know. Um, right. But I did, I did realize that through, I always had this, this beautiful uh, support network. And so it's made me very grateful for the people that I have. Um, right around me and just made me even more inspired and like want to do what I can to like lift my friends and family up and like, and show genuine care for others. And like, if someone wants or needs my help, you know, I do what I can to share the resources that I have with them and, um, and give positive advice and encouragement as best I can.
2: That's
0: that's incredible. Now, uh, how, do you, how did your family, did you, did you reach out to your family during this process and see, like your sister, and see how they felt or if you can recollect anything from, from the past, what have you?
1: I don't know. I know that when it happened, I didn't really tell them how bad it was. And I know that they asked, they asked me if I wanted to come home and said right. that I should come home. And I right. just remember saying no. And pretending like it wasn't as bad as it was because to me, that was like giving up and there was no way that was going to happen. <laughs> right.
0: I think that's a gut instinct yeah. from a lot of families is to tell you to come home. That's just a gut instinct, yeah.
1: Yeah. Yep, wasn't having it. I was like, I can overcome this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> and you did overcome it. And how do, you, how do you feel now? How do you feel these days?
1: I feel great.
0: <laughs> nice. My
1: first memory me is Terrible, yeah, yeah. <laughs> a lot of But I'm improving it. That's fine. We're all bad at certain things, right? <laughs> right. It's perfect. You know, we're all these beautiful, flawed, crazy humans, and I'm glad that I ha- I'm glad I'm not the only one. <laughs>
2: so, no,
0: you're not. The, you're not the only one. There's there's a lot of people that have gone through very similar incidents in their lives and, and had to overcome it and, and have overcome it. Perfect.
2: <laughs> that is a beautiful
1: thing the human body and the human mind are so amazing and oh the the and, the
0: brain's amazing <laughs> thing the brain always recoups you know I, they, uh, there was a 13 year old girl around 12 13 year old girl that lost half of her brain in a uh, in a boating accident yeah she lost half of her brain and since she was so young they found that the brain was actually growing back on the opposite what? side of her lobe yeah and what they discovered is that over the age of 13 years old, it won't start to regrow and what have you. But the science of the brain is miraculous. It's, it's the most amazing thing I've ever seen in my life. And people who say you'll never be the same, no, I'll be better. I'll be better than I was before because the brain will obviously try to regroup. It always, always try to recapture what it had before and make it better. It's just the way it works.
1: Oh wow! Yeah, that's so fascinating. I mean, her brain was actually sliced off—not that half of it stopped functioning, but it was cut,
0: cut in half, sliced
1: sliced Sliced in half.
0: half. Yeah, it was amazing. Then they had to—they had to cut it perfectly and what have you. And then they did X-rays, and you see this zero spot where her brain was, and then you see a nug, a little nugget, and then and then a trace going back to the main brain. And she was able to have a lot of cognitive things come back to her. I think some things were, were still kind of off kilter, but she, she, she lived a perfectly good life. She must be in her 30s now. That's amazing. How
1: incredible.
0: Human beings are incredible. Wow. You're incredible. So what, do you, what, do, what is it that you want to do with your stunt work now? What are you looking forward to? Oh, man.
1: I'm looking forward to the gyms opening again so I can see and play with my friends.
0: Yeah,
2: I know. Oh. Yeah. <laughs>
1: We've been doing these Zoom conferences and doing some little Zoom workouts, but it's just not the same, you know? Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So I, I definitely cannot wait for the gyms to reopen, get out, do some fight choreography, do some some fun training and level up in different skills in different ways. I am really, I was really enjoying uh, seeing the tangible products that I was getting and um, working in my jiu-jitsu with the street sports team. And, right. um, and I have some projects that I really want to produce uh, that are just small. I'm still learning about doing my own filmmaking and producing. I'm very, very new to that. But – uh, really enjoying that process and learning more about it. Um, and I've had a few people contact me about other small projects that could be fun. So I'm really interested to see how it all turns out and how it aligns. But a lot of it's just contingent on, you know, when, when do we
0: get out there. Yeah. Mm
1: -hmm. When
2: the world (laughs) be
0: Well, I see that you you know you're the you're the fifth person I've talked to in several interviews that have worked on American Sniper. How how was that experience? Yeah, I mean, literally, like I'm finding everybody. First of all, everybody seems to know each other, but the the other thing is that everybody seems to be working on the same projects together. Now, you worked on American Sniper with with Bradley Cooper with big blue eyes. How was that? How was that experience like?
1: think that that was a crazy night that's actually the night that i learned about what jujitsu was um there was this guy named michael plaster who uh does videography and like a lot of film work for eddie bravo and 10th planet and he was like we were talking about athletics and stuff in between scenes uh because we were stuck behind stuck next to each other for the scene and he was like, How do you not try jujitsu? I was like, What's that? And so he explained it to me. And um, that's what motivated me to add jujitsu to my repertoire. Um, nice. Or what made me conscious of it. Um, right. Unfortunately, it took a difficult time to push me to actually join jujitsu. But it was such that there's like a hashtag, jujitsu save my life, that's passed down often. And I absolutely resonate with that, a thousand percent.
2: Um, right. But
1: yeah. That day that we worked on American Sniper, or I guess both days, it was so cold and so windy, and there was dust everywhere. <laughs> we couldn't even keep our eyes open for the scene because there was dust blowing in our eyeballs. It was like cakes onto us for this rodeo scene. <laughs> so, there, whew, I can't yeah, see anyone five feet in front of me.
0: <laughs> really? It was that bad?
1: Yeah. Well... I certainly thought so,
2: but
1: <laughs> 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 um, the people there were great, but man, that was, that was one of the hardest things to all, I'm just kind of a baby when it comes to cold weather though, unless I'm snowboarding or doing something active, right. I'm not a fan of the cold <laughs> and No, still, neither am I,
0: no, 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 I, I you <laughs> know what, I, I'd, I'd much rather take the cold than the heat because I, I can put clothes on, but it's impossible to take all the clothes off during when it, when it's too hot.
1: Oh, no, I love being hot. I'll just bake in the sun all day. Yeah. Even in Thailand, it was like over 90 degrees, and I was still like training in my long black spandex and like long sleeves and long pants. I was like, why are these people in shorts? I'm so cold.
0: (laughs) Tell me, what what year was it that you you got T-boned? What year?
1: Oh. I was so embarrassed that I couldn't remember this last week. Yeah. I literally Why would up. you be?
0: What, let me ask you a question. Why would you be embarrassed?
1: Well, that was a very important time of my life, and I can't remember the year. And I looked yeah, but it it's not. It's not your. It, so. It's not your
0: fault. There's no reason to be embarrassed if it's not your fault.
1: That's true. That's true. Um, I don't. No, that's interesting. Um, I don't know. I think it was. I think it was 2018. It was 2017 or 2018. I think it was 2018. But what's funny is I got hit by a woman in a van two years in a row in March. Right. So
2: two years uh,
0: in a row?
1: Yeah. And I was just like going forward in my lane minding my own business and like one of them like drove into me and hit me head on and then one of them T-boned me. And so I think that 2018 was the bad year when I had to go to the hospital and they thought I had a brain right. bleed and stuff. And got the TBI. And then I think 2017 was the uh, the less scary one. <laughs>
0: right. Wow. Did you get a concussion for both experiences? Or do you think that it accumulated from both experiences?
2: Well, in
1: 2017, I was on the way to work on an audition for Garrett Warren's Avatar. And... yeah. I was, like, on my way to audition, and I was, like, not going to acknowledge any injuries at that very moment. I was just, like, my brain turned on autopilot, and I was, like, have to make this audition. (laughs) I have to make this audition. And um, uh, I actually remember going and feeling terrible. (laughs) and like, wasn't functional. I got a, a... weird hip injury from that um, when I was hit head on because it jammed my foot up into my hip socket. Um, I did hit my head, but I didn't let an ambulance take me anywhere. I called a friend and um, they helped me get it all sorted.
0: You So you you worked with Gary Warren before?
1: No, I didn't. I haven't actually worked with him. I met him years ago. I have a funny story of how we met when I trained with him in New Orleans for the first time. But, he and I have um, been friends
0: for a long time. I'd love to hear this. <laughs>
1: <laughs> cool. I know exactly what he's like. <laughs> I always thought he was so fun. I always thought he was so fun to be around and hang out with. He and Madison yeah.
2: are
0: just yeah.
1: lovely. Um, I.
0: Oh, Madison! Madison is wonderful. Ma- she is yeah, the sweetest like, human being ever.
1: Absolutely, thousand percent. Um, Tell me. So I was training at this uh, gym. It was more of a stunt gym, owned by a stunt guy uh, named Mito Larryosa, a very talented performer uh, in New Orleans. And um, he had Garrett come in and do like a little class or something. So I went and I was doing that. And I remember um, he said something that he. He said he was more likely to hire someone if they've been in an actual fight or were an amateur fighter or something because he really likes the way that those people take reactions in some area. And so um, I remember afterward he let a few people come up to him and ask him questions or whatever. He was looking kind of like blase about the whole thing. and You know how like when you have people surround you, it's kind of, you know, when is this going to be over? They're all asking you the same question kind of thing and like trying to get on to the next activity and so right. I walked up and I was like, what can I say to make myself memorable to this guy? And I walk up and I was like, um, how about you punch me in the face?
2: <laughs> 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 okay.
1: A bit. He was like, really? I was like, yes, really. And he did it. And I was like, sweet. And he was like, you want to punch me back? I was like, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so he let me punch him back in the face, that was like our first exchange, and it was so funny and satisfying. Like,
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, Garrett, Garretts pretty, Garrett's pretty hardcore, man. I mean, if, if you listen to some of the stories on, on Logan and what have you, he's he's pretty hardcore. So one of the things we have in common is is we, we do like that kind of hardcore mentality.
2: Yeah,
1: I love that. Um, I had it was fun. I mean, he didn't like hit me really hard or anything like that.
2: No. Um, no.
1: Of course, you would never like give someone an injury or anything. It was like normal. Um, right. Two at, at the time. <laughs> right. right. So that was kind of cool.
0: Have you spent any time? Have you have you gone to the tours wards yet?
1: I have. I've been a few years. Um, okay. I went last year, and then I went like five years, four years, four or five years ago. Right. Um, yeah.
0: That's always eight that's eight, always eight, a lot eight, of, eight, eight, of fun.
1: So hopefully they can find a suitable date for this year as well.
0: I know. You you know, the the lockdown has really kind of snubbed a lot of things going on here. But we're really trying to push for stunt performers to get their Oscars. You know, the the one thing that Brad Pitt kind of, you know, pushed out is, you know, you can get an Oscar for playing a stunt performer, but you can't get an Oscar for being a stunt performer.
1: Yeah. What a cool dude. That was so... Sweet of him to say and like give a shout out to the cast of one friend of Time in Hollywood. And
0: yeah, um, he didn't have yeah. to do that. That was really nice of him.
1: Absolutely. That was awesome. And I'm loving seeing all these different stunt projects pop up in different films and stuff as well. I don't know what my roommates were watching yesterday, but they were watching something on TV and there's apparently a character who was also a stunt man and whatever they were watching. And I just caught right. that. Um, when I was doing something on my computer. So I was like, oh, that's so cool. Also, um, I was hiking when we started quarantine um, with a fellow stunt friend right before the quarantine got, like, really tight and they did the lockdown. And we walked by a group of people filming that looked to be actors and actresses. And they were like, we really need stunt performers for this. And we just kind of looked at each other
0: (laughs) and (laughs) smiled.
2: (laughs) we were like, oh, well, glad they still need us.
0: (laughs) Well, we're we're getting ready to wrap this up. But you, but you 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 did stunt double work for Anne H, right?
2: Yeah.
1: Um I did. I we did the rehearsal. Uh I think they yeah. had to bring a different stunt girl in for the second day because I was already booked on a TV show the next day and we didn't get to the scene in time. So, um they asked me to come back, but I'd already agreed to be on the television show, so they had to bring another girl in to finish right. it up. Was that was that the clearing?
2: No, this was um in December, so right. um. Well,
1: yeah, the movie Cammy with Anne H was
0: "Chasing Nightmares."
1: Yeah, Cammy. Bruder so tell me. me that. Was, so tell me about
0: that experience. How was it, How was it like?
1: Um. Well, oh, that was just really fun. I didn't. I didn't know Cammy uh, much until I, I walked onto that set, but what a fun team! Yeah, he was cool. A very great pleasure to work with. Um, And yeah, yeah, some very, very talented actors and actresses on that set. And uh, that was a really lovely, lovely evening. I even got to do some fun little acting and and rehearse a scene with someone reading back and forth in the downtime. And um, so got some fun little playtime in. Everyone was talking to each other like family. Very pleasurable.
0: It sounds like you're really enjoying your time in Los Angeles and your experiences are, are other than the T-Bone, which is, which is just tragic uh, that you're having some really great experiences with some really great people.
1: Oh man. Yeah. I'm honestly so lucky and so blessed that like I even have this opportunity to to talk to you about it, share these fun memories and have this great opportunity to rebuild and like genuinely just enjoy uh, enjoy the process more. I definitely have a deeper appreciation for it after the big accident. And I'm so thankful right. for um, my friends and, and family that have contributed to my support yeah. through that difficult healing process. But oh, man, I just so, hope that I can give back and, and make them feel good too.
0: What are you looking forward to after this uh, whole lockdown happens? I mean, you already mentioned dojos go, you know, opening up, your gyms opening up. But as far as your career yeah. goes, as far as your career goes, what, what are you looking what are you looking forward to there? Is there are there projects that you're eyeballing right now?
2: Oh man.
1: Yeah. Oh. I got a call about being in a potential film in July. Um, that if I got it that would be great. You know, I don't want to jinx it or anything. Right. I never really right. believe it's happening. Until I sign contracts, so that could just here. Sure. But um, it's so cool to be thought of. So there's a film that they're making about someone that I, re- who's just one of my favorite um, icons, I guess, and it's with people who I really respect and like the the work of um, from people in the industry. So that would right. be really cool to get to be a part of that experience. Um,
0: that's yeah, nice. I, 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 I have a, I have a two part question for you. And I have two hypotheticals for you where I usually just have one for, for, for my, for my, for my people, but for a little girl growing up in Tennessee slash Oklahoma growing up, you know, let's just say adopted has, has a family wants to go out to Los Angeles wants to be an actor, wants to be a stunt performer. What advice would you have for her?
1: Oh, man, just never give up and do your best to be positive and um, just make sure you're doing what makes you happy because if you're suffering through something, it's not worth it, and you really should take the time to make sure that you are doing things that that feed your soul, and then everything will work out. It, it, feels, um, it feels like that's true. So yeah. I, I was so inspired by young performers or by um, actors and actresses and athletes when I was young. That's really what got me through my childhood. I was going down a really bad path for a while. And the oh gosh, I don't think I would even be here today. Like maybe I wouldn't even be alive if I didn't have really? people to look up to in film. Well, yeah.
0: what was it about that time period that it brought so much negativity into your existence?
1: I was looking for emotional support and I didn't hmm. know where to find it and um, and I was acting out and I was just looking for it in all the wrong places and instead of surrounding myself with positive people I was always trying to like be around negative people and improve their situation to feel to like create something meaningful but I was just going about it all wrong and right. it you know it was the movies and 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 people at the time that were pulling me away from that and without opportunities to do theatrical productions, without being able to do martial arts, like I would have gone down a very different road. So
0: Absolutely. um, Did did you feel like somehow you can save those people that you brought into your life?
1: I think I did. I think I did. I think that, um, I wanted to make a meaningful connection and right. Um, I was trying to be helpful, but I was, like, letting people drag me down with them and whatnot and just sure. um, not putting myself in a healthy environment. And I, uh, you know, it's, <laughs> Oprah Winfrey said something really great uh, that I resonate with that is, you know, you have to make sure your cup is full so that you can give back more to others. So when your cup is full, everything that overflows, you can share with the people that you love, but you have to feel good before you can help others feel good. And so once I started living by that, then everything became so much easier and so much more rewarding. And sometimes it's really hard to do because you love people and you care about people and you want to help Mm -hmm. people. But to be able to help people in the best way, you have to do everything you can to make sure you're, you're staying healthy and good. And it's okay right. to be selfish, um, in a way that you're like trying to make sure that you're solid, so that right. you can help others. Was
0: was was that difficult that for a personality like you to to be more selfish and to, and to let go of of trying to help out people that obviously weren't interested or weren't willing to change?
1: Oh yeah, it's still hard. <laughs>
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, I encounter that like every day still. Oh man. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but let's go on to my second question, which is, what, what advice would you have for a young person who comes into this field, who, who has had a certain amount of concussions or brain damage from, 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 uh, from an incident? What advice would you have for that person?
2: Um,
1: it's, don't be hard on yourself. Don't be so hard on yourself. You don't deserve to suffer. You deserve to be happy. And, you know, if you're sad, that's just self-sabotage. You know, you find what makes you happy, do what makes you happy, and it's okay to feel good. You know, it doesn't matter how you've been treated by others in the past or what other people have said and done to you. Like, really take the time to find out what makes you feel good and feel good because that's okay. It's okay to be happy with you know, what? whatever you're doing, whether it's silly or serious or, you know, whatever path you go down, make it one that you like. Right. And don't worry so much. <laughs> it's right. okay to relax. Well,
0: what if she starts it's forgetting really and, and
2: it? Okay. Yeah.
0: What happens if she starts forgetting things and starts becoming hard on herself because she feels like somehow she should be remembering these things?
1: Well, I found that if you are just honest with people about it and and say, like, I went through this and um, these are some of the things that I haven't, um, that I might have a little bit of a hard time with and that I'm still working through, that people are generally pretty reciprocative. Like, you don't have to hold that burden in and, like, let that weight bog you down. Like, you can really talk about it and not be so afraid. And if people don't want to be in your life or they want to say something negative about you, you know? There are good and bad people everywhere. Like people are going to do that right. anyway. So just, um, my dad always says, "Water over a duck." Like, <laughs> like <just> let it <laughs> run off your back. Don't care. Like, time moves on. Just let it pass and like keep moving
2: forward.
0: Right, no, Talon, you're you're an amazing human being. I I'm so grateful you came on the show today. Your stories are fantastic and, and it really they're very teachable lessons for a for a lot of people that that are in need teachable lessons and to hear these things as well how can people find you how can they locate you if they want to see your work if they want to contact you if they want to just see you on instagram do you have an instagram facebook and that kind of thing
1: yeah thank you steve that's so sweet um i really appreciate the time with you today this has been really fun and i'm excited i hope you had fun to, to, to maybe to chat yeah so much fun so
2: much fun um
1: i have an instagram that is okay. at talon edelson t-a-l-y-n-e-d-e-l-s-o-n um and that's that's the platform that i mostly use i also have a facebook nice. but i kind of just keep that to like closer friends and family and like i really only have it to try to stay on top of following um the work of people that i look up to and like share things with with close friends but
0: um sure.
1: But yeah, Instagram is the way to go.
0: I've always enjoyed the picture with you with the, your your collie sticks. Those are the, that's the <laughs> picture I, I, I love the most.
1: Thanks. That's also my favorite. I really have a fondness for Filipino martial arts. And yeah, um, the person who took that is an actor, um, Brian Mordecai Jackson. Very talented as well. So nice. It's so cool nice. that all of the creatives can have. Uh, so many different creative talents and passions.
2: Los Angeles well, is that, such a
1: beautiful
0: place. Los Angeles is a fantastic place to meet people, get things done. I mean, people are so helpful. You know, you wouldn't hear that a lot from, from Los Angeles. I, I was born in Los Angeles. So I, I see Los Angeles as only but helpful and kind. I see, I, see oh. when people, I see when people come from different states and what have you, they have like an expectation or an understanding of how they think people from LA act. I don't find that to be the truth at all
1: yeah same there's there's you know gonna be a bad person every once in a while, but that's oh the- yeah, you're always
0: gonna, you're always going <laughs> get one of the bunch, <laughs> yeah,
1: there's a country song that's called most people are good, and sometimes it's hard to be positive, but um you know just keep on keeping on
0: <laughs> well Talon adelson we're, we're we're so grateful to have you on you're you're a fantastic human being. We're so proud of you, and we can't wait to watch all the new projects, especially when this whole thing ends right now. We can't wait to see all the new projects you're involved in and succeeding in to the highest point.
1: You are so kind. I'm so grateful
2: for you. <laughs>
0: Thank you, Talon. All right. That was Talon. Thank you so much, girl. We're going to give you a clap out for you.
2: Woo-hoo.
0: Woo-hoo. That Have a great day. Take care of yourself. Be blessed.
1: Yes, sir. You too. Ciao.
0: Well, that was Talon. Talon Adelman. What an incredible human being, isn't she? You know, people like her are are really incredible. You know, she's so honest and so forefront about her experiences, what she's been through, what she's done with her life, from the adoption to to the brain injury. clear, so honest, so sincere, so compassionate, so wonderful. From being born in Tennessee to going to Oklahoma, going to Oklahoma U, starting off with martial arts, getting her second degree black belt, going into dance, going to more physical activities like mountain climbing, parkour, and what have you, she definitely showed And shows how hard she works. How bright her shine lights. From her acting to her stunt acting, stunt performing. She put her all into it. We're in a bit of a shortage here because we have the lockdown, the coronavirus lockdown right now. But I have zero doubt that her career is going to be filled with delightful experiences with incredible people. You can see after the accident that she rebuilt her personality to a certain extent to be happy and positive and kind She chose that. Talon Edelson, thank you so much for being on the show today. You are a blessing. A wonderful human being, and thank you for sharing your experiences with us. It helps our audience to become better people themselves, to learn what it takes to become you, themselves, successful, kind, generous, compassionate, all the things that we can obviously tell that you have. And all of you out there waiting for this lockdown to be over, remember to be kind to yourself. Be generous with yourself. I know it's common for me to say, love yourself, but this is a time of reflection, to look at yourself, to think to yourself, what can I do? How much better can I be? How can I help out other people, including my enemies or the people I I lost touch with? This is your time to reach out to them. I've reached out to several people that never answered back. Do I feel bad about that? Nope, I tried. I tried. I did what my heart felt was the right thing to do. What are you doing to fill your heart? Be introspective. If it's about forgiving yourself, forgive yourself. If it's about loving yourself, then start loving yourself. The coronavirus doesn't get you. You can get hit by a car. And then what's it worth? Not trying. Not evolving. Not becoming that better person. I think it's time. I think talent showed us all that. Talent definitely showed us that. Talon Edelson was our guest today. Thank you so much for being here today. We love this interview. And to all of you, thank you very much. I love you all. Thank you for being here for me. This is Cinema Files Radio. I'm your host, Steve Pisa. Thank you for giving me a chance to talk to you all. God bless.